The Bear Down Report Podcast featuring Mike Page, Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, and Ryan Dangle. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report podcast. Uh, I, this special edition, I have two very good friends of mine, Mr. Kevin Aleski and Mr. Brian Highfill. Uh, guys, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show today. Um, and so we, uh, we have the Vikings coming to town on Monday night football. Yes, the Bears have been terrible on Monday night, but they've also been pretty darn good uh, against the Vikings. And so uh, I am excited to have my two guests uh, here today. Um, Kevin, Brian, anything you guys want to throw at the Bears fan base before we get started with our questions? Uh, well, you know, the Bears maybe haven't been great on Monday night, but neither has Kirk Cousins. So I think that kind of <laughs> – the playing field, I guess. This this kind of has the feeling of like a really low scoring, awful to watch national game, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> I mean, the, the the fact that every time I feel like I watch the Bears play the Vikings, like last year, I thought we were going to blow you guys out of the water, and then your backup quarterback beats us. So I don't even know what to expect anymore, man. Absolutely. That was Chase Daniel, right? Uh, yes, who's now in Detroit. Man, it just it stays inside the NFC North. Uh, you know, it's always funny. I don't know why, guys, but um, I, I always think about this. The Vikings are the only team in the NFC North that I don't hate. Um, for I just I, I don't like watching Detroit. There's something about that team that I just can't quite put my finger on. And obviously, we both hate <laughs> Green Bay. <laughs> that guy's not gonna last there's no way um and uh but but the vikings are a team and uh, that i've always just like i don't know I, re I respect and i don't there's a rivalry there but i just i think it's different than you know the way that we all hate the packers um if you guys don't mind let's let's dive in okay so first thing the one in five start I want to hear all about that. And I also want to know what's this, this turnaround that you guys have, this, this two-game win streak where it's not just you guys are beating teams, you are pummeling teams. You guys kind of talk about what happened and what, was the, what, what happened with this turnaround. Kevin, I'll defer to you. Yeah, um, I think the, the, the clearest example of why we struggled so often early on is the fact that our defense is not what it was uh, last year. That is by far the biggest thing. I think um, if you look at, you know, the Vikings in, in 2019, our defense was one of the best in the NFLs. I mean, uh, just, just looking at some stats that I looked at before um, coming on the show was the fact that uh, in 2010, right, we had around um, 10 turnovers in the first six games. And now, uh, you know, uh, six games in, seven games in, we're at about five. So we're at about half, uh, you know, yards per yards per game. It was about 310 last year. Now it's about a hundred yards more at 413. And all of that is, is really tied into the fact that, you know, we are missing our best player, arguably on our entire team, Daniil Hunter at the end. Combine that with, you know, having some really young cornerbacks and it is, it is a recipe for uh, a lot of scoring against us. So I think that's the biggest hurdle that we've had to overcome. Uh, Brian, before I hear from you, I just want to, Kevin, really quick, do you think the Vikings are missing Kevin Stefanski? Um, I think that Kubiak, who is, um, you know, helping us run the ship right now, I think it's 
become very clear that his zone scheme for Dan, uh, for for Cook is working. It's just taken a little while to work. And again, when you have a defense who is putting you in tough spots, it doesn't matter exactly what um, you know what offensive scheme you're running. If you're if you're getting the ball, you know, less than the other team, and you're getting it in tough spots, um, that may be a recipe for not much of anything. So, um, you know, I, I think obviously to lose a guy like him uh, in an offensive mind um, is going to be, you know, a step backwards for anybody. But since we had our, our, our um, current offensive coordinator as kind of a advisory role earlier, I think he was able to at least, you know, skip most of the kind of growing pains that it takes when you move in a new position like that. Absolutely. Brian, what about you? What do you think has been the key to the Vikings turnaround? Well, I, I just want to say, I think, I think Kevin hit the nail right on the head in, in terms of the, the struggles early in the season. I mean, you know, Michael Pierce opts out of the, of the season. He's the star, you know, uh, nose tackle that we signed in free agency. Opts out due to COVID-19. He, you know, he's brought in to replace Linval Joseph. You know, you lose to Neil Hunter, you know, the second or third week of the offseason, um, you know, from what Zimmer calls a tweak, turns out to be a, a neck injury and you don't mess around with neck injuries. Um, and, and when you lose two guys that um, are literally brought in to plug up the run uh, defense and put pressure on the quarterback, uh, that alleviates uh, the, those young corners that we have, Jeff Gladney, Cam Dantzler, um, you know, Chris Boyd, these guys that really, I mean, Mike Hughes even, he's, he's a third-year player, but, I mean, he's barely played. Um, and now he's out again. I mean, you know, Zimmer was trying to help those guys out. Um, and so I think really to, to kind of boil it down is I think we really missed the preseason, um, not from a fan perspective, but, um, you know, these corners really didn't have any experience. Um, a lot of even the defensive linemen that have to step up, DJ, DJ Wanham, uh, who had a huge game against Green Bay, the, the, the game-winning strip sack, um, you know, Jaleel Johnson, these guys are kind of figuring out um, how to play in the NFL. And so I think that was kind of the start. I will say, if you look at, you know, there's no moral victories in, in football. I get that. But, like, if you look at – we traveled to Seattle and lose to Seattle um, by one point. We play the Tennessee Titans um, and lose to the Titans by one point. And those are, at the time, undefeated teams. I mean, those are good teams. They're great Remember? football teams, absolutely. Yeah, phenomenal football teams. And, you know – Zimmer is putting them in positions to win. It's just, I think some of the team is going through a little bit of, of, of growing pains and that's to be expected. Um, you know, I, I think in terms of, of our turnaround, um, I think winning is contagious. And I think going into Green Bay and beating Green Bay um, when really we were playing with house money, nobody expected us to go in there and win. I think that gives a lot of these young guys a lot of confidence. And, and, and surely when you see Cook come back and have the game that he does, I mean, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. Um, they're going to start, you know, collecting some wins. Uh, he is an absolute beast. There, there's no two, two ways about it, right? The, the, the guy has just been electric. He's been on fire. He's been running people over. He's now leading the NFL in rushing uh, after not playing for a full game. Uh, what is it about – Dalvin Cook that is just that is just struck fire right now, Kevin. Uh, well, I think you know, kind of like I said, right? Losing 
our offensive coordinator last year, right, you, you lose coming some of that spark that came with his great offensive mind. But the scheme that we're running now, I mean, you can listen to the pundits and they'll, they'll say it time and time again, that he's basically running – we are basically running the perfect scheme for the kind of back that he is. And now that we've gotten weeks and weeks to kind of develop it and to, to get better at it, it's, it's paying its dividends off. I think everyone's known for a long time how great Delvin Cook is, but he's finally getting his – um, his chance to show it, you know, consistently that he can do it year in and year out without, you know, missing, um, you know, huge amounts of the season to injury. Um, so now we're starting to see that it's not only though, right. It's not only the run, but it's also the pass. I mean, there was a great um, kind of screen pass that he caught uh, in the Packers game that, that went, went off for a whole bunch of yards and a touchdown. And then there was another kind of just little check down pass that, that um, Kirk Cousins passed to him and, he made it into like a first down and it, it just shows you how electrifying the player he is. What is it about the Vikings and the bears having fantastic running backs while Detroit and green Bay just cannot seem to find it. Right. Like I'm just thinking about all the, the really good ones that we've had throughout the years. Um, and I mean, both franchises have had some stellar running backs throughout the years. We can, we can say the same thing about quarterbacks. What makes it so that the Green Bay Packers just pluck a guy out of nowhere and it's like, oh, yeah, he'll be a franchise for about, you know, 30. Jordan Love has to be terrible, right? Like the, the, the sports gods are making sure that he's going to be atrocious because they can't have another good one, right? Boy, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> um yeah okay that 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 is that is is so so on point where you're like yeah they can't get a running back you know yeah well we can't get a damn quarterback so you know it is what it is so a hundred percent all right so both both kirk cousins and dalvin cook have really struggled against the chicago bears uh, under matt Nagy's tenure um, and, you know, looking specifically at Dalvin Cook, who's rushed for 86 yards on 34 carries, that's 2.5 yards per carry. This dude is running people over all over the place. And so, guys, I want to understand, you know, why do you think that the Vikings have struggled against the Bears as of late, right? When offensively, you guys know, I mean, this team, the, the, the Chicago Bears are atrocious uh, offensively. Um, but why, why the struggles? And what do you, what do you, how do you see this playing out on Monday night? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the, uh, the stance of kind of, you know, talking about something but not really saying anything at all. Whenever you play your rival, th- unexpected things happen. You, you, I, in any kind of sport, whenever you play someone multiple times a year, whenever you play them, um, you know, and you know them very well, you almost seem to psych yourself out a little bit where you have like, Oh, we're going to have this scheme. That's going to trick them this year. Or we're going to have, you know, this act factor, or we're preparing for them to throw something at us. And at some points you get away from, I feel like you get away from what your true scheme is to try to, uh, you know, counter whatever the other side's going to bring. And sometimes it works and sometimes it fails horribly for either side. So I, <laughs> exactly what I said uh, at the beginning, right. The fact that we came into Chicago, took out your quarterback, who was basically seemed to be the linchpin in the offense, and then your backup just took us out. I don't even know what to, rivalry games. I don't even know. I just just toss a coin, see what happens. 
So, so Brian, what are you, what are you thinking? How, how do you see this game playing out as far as Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins are considered? You know, I, I, I honestly, and, and like Kevin, I, I hate to sort of go out on a limb and, and, and make projections quite yet, but I, I could see this really being the, uh, the Justin Jefferson and, and Kirk Cousins show, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I, I, think, I think Dalvin's uh, pun intended run that he's had the last few games is going to come to a screeching halt. Um, I think that he is going to be utilized far more in um, the short passing game, the screen game, um, trying to get him in open space. Um, but the Bears defense is absolutely legit. Um, you know, they bottled up Derrick Henry uh, 70 yards, um, you know, less than 70 yards. And, and Tennessee, um, you know, Arthur Smith, I think, is the offense coordinator for Tennessee. That guy's creative. He's super creative. Um, what I think the Vikings have going for them, though, is and, – and Kevin mentioned this earlier – the Vikings utilized this zone blocking scheme under Gary Kubiak and Kurt Kubiak. And um, I really think that that has helped this young offensive line. Garrett Bradbury looks like he is just, you know, he's so much more comfortable. Pat Elfline is out of the lineup, which helps. <laughs> um, it's addition by subtraction. Um, Brian O'Neill <laughs> is an absolute stud at right tackle. And Riley Reith, who is, you know, has been in the NFC North, you know, since Detroit drafted him. He's, he's been playing, I think, some of the best left tackle uh, play in, in all of the NFL. So I, I, I do think that they'll be able to pull some guys and get Dalvin into open space. But the, the running at smack in the middle, um, that's not going to fly. I think this is the game. And, and, and we've heard it all year. Um, well, really, we've heard it since the Vikings signed Cousins. This is going to be the game that Cousins is going to have to step up and, and, and play. Forget the whole Monday night thing. It's just – it's a prime time. It's a must-win game if the Vikings want to be uh, in contention at the end of the year. Um, if, if, they, if they win this game, they'll be 3-1 and one in the division. Um, you know, th they need him to step up. And, and really, the, the whole Justin Jefferson X factor, um, I'll tell you what, I think that's another reason why we were 1-5 to start. For whatever reason, they, they left the training wheels on for Justin Jefferson – um, they should have treated him like Randy Moss as a rookie. You just, the kid's a freak. You just let him play. I mean, there's no reason for BC Johnson and Chad Beebe to be above him on the depth chart. Um, so I, I do think that this is going to be a real um, breakout game for him. And, you know, that, that, that is, uh, of course, contingent on the fact what, whether Cousins can, can uh, avoid pressure and get the ball down the field accurately. And I, I think this is going to be the Cousins show. I really do think that it's going to be a really interesting matchup because what most bears fans will tell you is that the strength of their team is the two cornerbacks, the two number one, the number one rated cornerback and the number two rated cornerback right now in the NFL, both are wearing Chicago bears uniforms. Um, and so it's going to be, you know, Jalen Johnson, who is our second round cornerback uh, has been playing stellar football. Uh, but you're right. You know, there, there's a lot of be plays to be made. And especially when you're talking about, um, you know, Dalvin cook, getting a little screen, a little dump off the bears have been excited. It just really susceptible to that, you know, and if, if, if he can get those legs churning, you got to think he's, he's looking for, for a good game in that regard. And, and what, what, before we go on, what I want to say, because I feel like it's been a kind of contentious decision, right, for the last year is that when we let, let go of Stefan Diggs, um, right, we talk about how much of a playmaker he was, but personally, 
from what I saw from Diggs from the last couple of years, I was actually pretty upset with him because he seemed to me to be a key example of what happens when you have so much talent, you don't know what to do with it. Because there was that whole controversy of him being upset, not getting the ball, talking out about it. And like, you could just see him on the sideline. He just seemed like a guy who, you know, didn't know how to deal with adversity. And, you know, it, we've yet to see how Justin Jefferson deals with it. But let me tell you this right now. Diggs, his, his freshman outing, first six starts, he had 486 yards and two touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, first six starts, 557 uh, yards and three touchdowns. So guess what? He could be better. And uh, at this point, I haven't seen him throw his helmet around as much. So I'm like <laughs> – Kevin, it's so funny. You literally stole the question out of my mouth. I was going to ask, have you guys missed Stefan Diggs? And right now, guys, it's it's sure looking like both teams got what they wanted out of it, right? I mean, Buffalo has finally, they found a playmaker, right, for Josh Allen to throw to. And Stefan Diggs is happy to get out of Minnesota. And, and clearly, right, Jefferson is 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 the guy, right? Like, he's done really, really well. Um, no, no question. I, th- I think both teams totally won in that trade, um, which, I mean, you got to hand it to Spielman, man. You know, the guy knows how to – he knows when a player's value um, is, is diminishing, but he knows how to really, really, really buy high, uh, sell high. Um, you know, he did it with Percy Harvin. Um, you know, he flipped Percy for a first-round pick, and, and Seattle won there. I mean, they, they turned around and won a Super Bowl with, with Percy. He returned – I think it was the opening uh, second-half uh, kickoff for a touchdown. I mean, you know – but, but he, he instantly replaces, you know, those guys with playmakers. So um, I never thought that after the Minneapolis miracle that Stephon Diggs would, would be gone. But um, I do think drafting somebody like Justin Jefferson and seeing the results really softens that blow uh, uh, immensely. So um, sorry to cut you off. but I No, no, to- you're fine. My only question, I guess, before we move on to the next one is, do you guys want Cordero Patterson back? I mean, <laughs> at any point, um, man, what a, just an, I mean, other than a couple kick returns that have been stellar, that guy just, uh, I. <laughs> he's a special teamer. That's, you know, he's, he's past, past the horizon. He's a special teamer. Um, you know, happy to, I'm sure be part of, part of the NFL still. So that, that's his role. Yeah. Um, all right, gentlemen, this is a question that I, I've just been, been salivating to ask both of you. Where the, what are the matchups that you are most cued into on, on this, this game? Brian, if you don't mind, if I'm going to start with you. I mean, there, there's a lot of great ones in this game, um, mainly because it's a, it's, a, it's a division game, you know, black and blue. Um, I think number one is, you know, they, they move Khalil Mack around all the time. Um, they're they're going to put him against the weakest tackle. Um, but I think, you know, the Reef O'Neal matchup against Khalil Mack is going to be uh, pivotal because I, I do think, again, that this is going to come down to Kirk Cousins and the passing offense. And if Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and these guys get pressure, you know, Russian Trevathan, some of these guys, um, the, the pass protection has to be there. So I think Reef and O'Neal is going to be, is going to be a big one. Um, and then, this is not necessarily a matchup, but one guy to keep an eye out on, <clears throat> and I've said this since he took over the starting role for Anthony Barr, is look out for Eric Wilson. This kid is an absolute playmaker at linebacker. Um, Kendricks is a beast. We know that. Um, but Wilson is kind of the guy that really um, – he's super athletic. Um, he makes plays all over the field. Um, 
you know, he had uh, a pick against Aaron Rodgers. Um, he had a, a pick against uh, Matt Stafford. Um, and I really think that, that they could they could spy him on, you know, um, Foles and kind of he can read the quarterback. I, I would be really interested to see what he does because he's really started to show off uh, once Anthony Barr was was placed on injured reserve. So those are my, my two, uh, you know, matchups or slash guys that I'm, I'm going to be paying close attention to. Well, th- thanks for – so Eric Wilson is a guy that we'll be paying attention to. The problem is the Bears don't have a running back, you know, for him to tackle, <laughs> right? So, so uh, you know, Ryan Nall might be getting the start uh, with Artavius Pierce. Uh, if you've never heard of those two players before, don't worry about it. Most people in the NFL have not. <laughs> um, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to say the least. Uh, Kevin, what about you? What are the two the, – the matchups that you're most looking forward to in this game? I mean, uh, you, you kind of started to lead me into it. The fact that um, – the Vikings defensive room this week should be figuring out how the heck are we going to stop Allen Robinson? That's that is the entire bears offense will flow through him this week. Um, so the biggest matchup is going to be him versus the corner who's across from him. Uh, you know, more than likely if they're, if they're moving him around the field, it'll probably be um, Jeff Gladney. He's the, 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 the new uh, kid on the block for the Vikes. Uh, the new rookie um, cornerback. He's the one who's been performing the best out of all of them, despite the fact that uh, I will be the first to admit that um, despite my favorite player, Harrison Smith, being in the secondary, uh, the secondary is the liability for the the Vikings defense right now. So can Jeff take up Allen? Um, Can he, because he he did, he went up against Devontae Adams and, you know, he he had him, bottle up for at least some of the game because it wasn't uh, the bloodbath that was the first game we played against him. So um, it seems like he's progressing. Now I have Allen Robertson on my fantasy team. So I'm also kind of hoping that if he makes some catches, gets some yards and then gets tackled right before the, you know, the touchdown, something like that. I don't know, but uh, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. That's or, the end, end old debate, right? Isn't it? When you have a player from, from the team that your, your real team is playing against, you're like, I want you to have a lot of yards, <laughs> but I still want you to lose, right? Exactly. <laughs> what, you, what you need, Kevin, is you need some garbage time. You need a Vikings blowout, and you need some garbage time touchdown <laughs> from Allen Robinson. But I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I really don't. Can, can, you, can you think about if we had this conversation three weeks ago, the vastly different conversation we would have been having. The Bears were five and one. The Vikings were one and five, right? And it just looked like this would have been a bloodbath. However, things have really, really turned, right? The, the Bears' offensive woes have been, you know, all over the place, right? A lot of people calling for Matt Nagy to give up play calling and maybe even to be fired, right? But the defense for the Chicago Bears is pretty darn stellar folks so i think it's going to probably be a low scoring game all right gentlemen let's go to the next one your favorite all-time bears versus vikings game or player matchup well i i i hate to take the easy one off the table at least for me because i am of the younger generations uh you know uh, basically my heyday of watching vikings football was adrian peterson i mean that that man is still a machine, um, but the greatest, you know, matchup that I saw was him versus Brian Erlacher. Getting able to see those two titans of uh, hunking meat just try to take each other out, it was, it was something to watch. So um, uh, that was my all-time favorite matchup. Man, that was a good one because Brian was so good sideline to sideline, but Adrian Peterson was just – 
I mean, just a train, right? Just mm-hmm. running through people. Uh, and you know, I think that was probably one that 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 both sides got got a got their got their win at some point, right? And and I think um, you know, it, it's it's sort of unfair to 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 Brian because you know he was in the league for so long before, right? Before uh, Adrian's in, in there, and you can see Adrian Peterson's first game against the Bears, he went off. So I mean. There's a little age gap there, uh, you know, you might argue, but I, I still think both are amazing competitors that are going to be in the, you know, obviously held up for a long time. And then NFC North is some of the greatest players. So, yep. Absolutely. Brian, what I mean, about you? Favorite game or favorite matchup? Well, I love, I love the matchup uh, of Erlacher and Peterson. I mean, I agree. Those guys are, are, are Hall of Famers. Erlacher, obviously, already. But, um, you know, th- th- those, were, those were a lot of fun, fun uh, – Fun, fun matchups. I think my favorite game, though, and I'm surprised that Kevin didn't say it, is, you know, the future Hall of Famer Matt Castle <laughs> in 2013 in relief of an injury. Another questionable uh, Hall of Famer, Christian Ponder, um, <laughs> and coming in and winning uh, off of Blair Walsh. Remember him? Remember yeah. Him? Uh, off of Blair Walsh uh, field goal in overtime. Um, I, I, I think uh, – I think that was probably my favorite, favorite matchup. You, you know what's fascinating? The Bears, no matter how good their defenses have been, have been susceptible to some of the worst backup quarterbacks that have ever existed, right? I, 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 maybe you guys can help me. The, the guy, he was uh, Brock Osweiler. The Bears yeah. lost to Brock Osweiler three times with three different teams, and Brock Osweiler is no longer playing in the NFL, right? So just thinking about that. The one that I, you know, the matchup that I was thinking about is, you know, is Randy Moss before he went to the Patriots versus Peanut Tillman. Um, okay. What a matchup that was to, to watch those two play. It was a lot of fun. All right, gentlemen, uh, let's do this. I have uh, two, two uh, surprise questions for you guys. We're not ready for this. Yannick, tell me what happened. Yannick Ngangwe, uh, why did the Vikings spend so much to get him and then immediately get rid of him, right? What, what was going on with that situation? Who, who, who do you want to start first? Because I think uh, – Brian, Brian that's, that's all you, Brian. You take that one. I, you know, when <laughs> – when they first made the trade, I was like, wow. I mean, they, they must really think that uh, Daniil coming back um, because we had hurt, you know, he, I think Daniil Hunter had missed, you know, 14 or 15 practices. And they're like, it's just a tweak. It's just a tweak. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that's true. I guess you don't want to risk your star, you know, all pro defensive end getting injured when it really doesn't matter. And then, you know, they put him on IR and you're like, okay, his, his first three weeks, he can't play. And that was a pretty big red flag. Um, and then when they traded for Yannick, I thought, okay, well, you know, I guess they feel like they have to have some sort of, of, of pass rush because they, they didn't have anybody. Like I said, they had DJ Wanham. Um, they had uh, – uh, I, I don't even remember some of the other defensive ends that they have. Um, you know, I, I, clearly Zimmer was like, I need to put pressure on uh, opposing quarterbacks. I think when they made the trade, though, they did truly think that Daniil Hunter was going to be back at some point, and they felt like, you know, this could be like, you know, the Everson Griffin, Jared Allen, you know, Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter. Zimmer sort of always had, um, you know, you know the, these these two really good defensive ends to sort of, um, you know, run the scheme that he wants to run. And so I think they really 
trying to pair Yannick and, and Daniil up. And I, I, boy, I really, I'm really upset that I didn't get to see that because I think it would have been, would have been really interesting to watch. Um, that being said, again, I mean, you know, you, you got to hand it to Spielman. I mean, they basically flipped him for, you know, they moved down around. I mean, it would have been nice to have, you know, get your second round pick back. But I mean, you know, to get, to get a third and to get that conditional fifth again, um, they didn't really lose too much for a guy that they had for what, five weeks. Um, it's just a shame that they didn't get to play together, Daniil and, and, and Yannick Ngakwe. So um, short lived, uh, I guess that Yannick Ngakwe jersey that I have uh, is, is worth a lot of money now. So. Yeah, man, I wish I could, I could re I could pick up my phone and, and make a call over to the, the front office because, you know, you think what, for what you paid for them, right. You lost around uh, in, in your picks and, and what did you get out of it? Not, not much of anything. Right. I mean, a win uh, and, and th there's no longevity there. And so what made them, you know, pull the trigger so fast on getting rid of them. I, I have to believe it's something Personality-wise, I have to think it's something scheme-wise that, you know, either he wasn't ready to do or when he got here, he just, to the coaching staff, was like, this guy isn't, isn't our dude. I, I really have no idea because, you know, like Brian was saying, I thought he was going to be, right, the replacement for Everson Griffin. I think that um, truly when they did get him, they were like, oh, well, it's, it's, he's going to be our, our other side to this kind of hammer and anvil uh, that's going on. But, you know. Why they got rid of them so fast, I have no idea. That's, they don't pay me the big money for, for those kind of answers. Well, I, I do want to real quickly, Kevin, I, I do think that, uh, honestly, it came down to money. Um, mm. You know, Unique was on a franchise tag, basically, which then he restructured to fit under Minnesota's cap. Um, you, you know, you got to understand, Daniil, when he comes back, he's going to want a new contract. He, he is absolutely – top three defensive end in the NFL. He's currently being paid like he's a mid-tier. Now, he took a team-friendly deal and said, you know, hey, I want to stick with the team. I'll, I'll, I'll take $70 million over over six years. And that's a steal for the Vikings. Um, he's a guy that should be getting, you know, uh, you know, close to $18, 19000000 million a year. I mean, he, he is a freak. And I think with Michael Pierce going to, you know, he's going to be back next year, and so he's going to count against the cap. Kirk Cousins, you know, cap hit goes up. Um, you know, what are you going to do with, are you going to keep Anthony Harris? I mean, there's a lot of guys that they like, you, you know, they're, they're going to have to pay money next year. Um, they got, you know, cook, cook, they signed under contract. So yes, the cap goes up, but they've got a lot of high priced guys. Um, and I think they just felt like, you know, even if we did want to keep unique and we could get him, you know, to a, to a, to a, a price that was under the cap, who's to say whether he's going to accept it. Right. And, he, you know, to your point, he could have been a, 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 a little bit of a, 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 a not a team player or, or didn't like the scheme or didn't like what was being asked of him. Maybe he preferred to be sort of like the guy, um, which he would not be when Daniil was back. So I think they probably felt like, look, let's just cut bait and try to get what we can for him. Um, we know we probably can't keep him next year. And if we do, it's going to cost a ton of money. Um, and I just think that they probably realized that they didn't want to allocate that much money to the defensive line, uh, much to probably Mike Zimmer's chagrin. So, gentlemen, here's my surprise question for you, which you guys were not prepared for. 
Teddy Bridgewater seems like he's playing fairly well in Carolina right now. Would you rather have Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback or would you rather have Kirk Cousins and his contract? Teddy two gloves, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I, call, call me a, uh, call me a romantic, but every time, every single time, the Vikes drafted somebody. I fell head over heels like, oh, my God, Christian Ponder. Wow, he's just – oh, my God, Teddy. Oh, man, every single time I'm like hook, line, and sinker. This is the best decision they've ever, de- they've ever made. I um, have no idea what you're talking about, Rex <laughs> Grossman, uh, Mitch Trubisky. You just – Insert name who's going to come, come around next time, right? Um, so – you know, I, I I remember when when uh, you know Teddy had that that no contact uh, knee injury, and it was kind of like out of nowhere, boom! He was he was hitting his stride. He was starting to drive down the field, two minute drill, win games for us. We hadn't seen that in a long time, and then it was all gone in a second. We had to change all of our plans. So, um, you know, as much as I trust, you know, all decisions that are being made by Rick and, and Zim, I think. Um, the money that we have asked for Kirk Cousins, as good as he is doing, the issue comes to the point where is the amount we're paying for him going to help us win the most games? And, and, and right now I still think it's a question mark because, yes, he led us last year in the playoffs. He that amazing game uh, against um, the Saints. Um, really showed me that he can win, but can he win enough, right? Can he, can he be worth it? we're spending on him and um you know or do we or or can we survive with someone like teddy bridgewater who only has to um be consistent and then we can spend more money on other weapons um for instance maybe can afford uh other d linemen that that zim wants or heck let's get some more o-linemen something like that i don't know man but uh at this point i'm i'm still i'm not sure i'm not sold yet so, so Kevin, that was a non-answer. So, so which which one are you picking? I, I'm telling you right now, you've got to pick one. Which one are you picking? All right, I will say that I loved Teddy Bridgewater, so I would I would totally bring Teddy Bridgewater back. Cut, uh, give us some more money to throw around, um, make some more deals. Rick Spielman can do more than I think most front officer or front front managers can do with that money. So. Cut our losses with Kirk Cousins. He's helped us along for a while now, but let's let's move somewhere else. Brian, what about you? Uh, I am Teddy Two Gloves all the way. I, you know, one, I'm really, really stoked to see that he's playing. Um, you know, last week he had like a 20-yard touchdown run, and he like literally juked out a defender at the five-yard line. And that's just – it's awesome to see because, you know, here's – not to sound like Chris Collinsworth, here's a guy uh, – <laughs> I, here's a guy that literally, you know, um, they were unsure whether he was going to even have his leg. I mean, he had such a, a, a nasty uh, non-contact injury that, um, you know, forget playing football again. They were not sure whether he was going to be able to, you know, walk again. Um, you know, a, a, um, who's the tight end? Anthony Miller? Uh, oh, you're talking about Zach Miller. Zach Miller had a very Zach, similar injury. Yeah, the, the knee they were talking about losing his leg. It was it was awful situation. Yeah, it's very much very much like Teddy's. Um, you know, so that number one is is awesome to see see him playing. I, I think the difference 
for me is that Teddy had an it factor. He has an it factor, and Kirk always looks like he's just he's pressing. Um, you know, Kurt has the big arm. He can make the he can make all the throws when there's zero pressure. And, and that's awesome because the, at times you're going to get that, you know, Saints game and overtime. Like, you're, you're going to have those at times, and, and it's going to look so good. Uh, but Teddy, it didn't really matter. He still – he didn't have the arm that Kirk does. Um, you know, he's very soft-spoken, um, but he had a swagger. And, you know, one, one game that really comes to mind, uh, which was total antithesis of Teddy Bridgewater, was – we were playing the Jets, um, and this was – I forget the year. I guess, I guess 2015. I think it was the year before he, he had the injury. Um, and it was overtime, and he just kind of, like, looks at Jarius Wright. Jarius Wright. Um, and he just kind of looks at Jarius Wright, and, and they're, they're playing press coverage, and he just does this, uh, this, this behind-the-line-of-scrimmage uh, throw – and Jarius Wright just takes off uh, for 90 yards uh, for, for the touchdown. Um, and I just think that, you know, that, that is – that's Teddy, man. He was just like, okay, overtime went – you know, we, we can do this. Even the Seattle game, you know, um, God, which is just so heartbreaking to even think about. Teddy drove us down the field in like, you know, negative 20-degree weather, um, you know, against a vaunted Seattle defense at the time – and put us into position to win. And, and he, his, he didn't light up the, the, the stats, but he, when he needed it the most, he performed. And it's almost like that's the complete opposite of Kirk Cousins. And, um, you know, I, I wish him all the best. He, he, when we drafted him, I kind of thought, oh, my gosh, this guy's tiny. You know, he's, he's got to wear the gloves to, you know, to hold <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then when you see him play, you're like, I can see why people like him. And I can really see why Zimmer loved him. I mean, I think Zimmer still really likes that kid a lot. Um, and I think it really hurt Zim to move on from him because there was that connection. Um, you know, Zimmer kind of picked him as his, as his quarterback. Um, and, uh, you know, who knows, without that injury, where the Vikings would be now um, and what they possibly could have done. Um, but absolutely, for, for, the money, for the money that he's being paid now for Carolina, he's getting paid decently, but I'll take that over Kirk Cousins any day. Any I, day. Would, I would trade better players than I should on defense to get Teddy Bridgewater a quarterback over Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> just keep about that, right? And we could talk about that one for a long time, but I'm just going to just, you know, th- it, there's no surprise here. I would much rather have Mitch Trubisky at my quarterback than Nick Foles right now. Nick what Foles, about, what uh, about Kirk Cousins though? What would you take Kirk Cousins? No, hey. not, never, never. Oh, no way. No. why not? Uh, the, the inconsistencies, uh, which, which you guys have alluded to. I just think that, uh, you know, watching him from afar, uh, the guy has lightning in a bottle moments and then we'll, we'll, we'll throw games and you just go, what, what are you, what are what are you doing there? And then you look at his contract and that doesn't make any sense. Right. I mean, the bears have overpaid players all over the place. Right. I mean, that's, you know, your, your GM situation as opposed to the bears GM situation is vastly, vastly different, but we, we could talk about that for hours. All right, gentlemen. Um, here comes to the to the point, the end of the end of this interview. I gotta ask, how do you see this game playing out, and what is your final score prediction, Brian? I'd love to start with you. Twenty-seven seventeen Vikings. 
I think, like I said, I, I, I do think that um, I, I think that the Bears defense will do a really good job of bottling up Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison or whoever they they throw in at running back. Um, I, I, I am in, in cousins. We trust. Let's see if he can, let's see if he can do it. Um, I, I think that he's going to have a game with Jefferson and I'll tell you what, too, we didn't talk about him. Uh, he had a great game last week too. look out for Irv Smith. That, that dude is a beast. He's a great blocker. And I think that he's going to find himself uh, open a few times. I think Kirk is starting to get some trust with them. The two touchdowns last week against Detroit, um, I, I think that, that the passing game is going to have to be um, where the Vikings lean. Um, and, I, and I think that uh, they'll, they'll get it done. And I, I think the, this, this young defense, uh, after putting together a couple uh, nice wins, um, will start to get some confidence. And, and, you know, this is not a knock on the Bears at all. I think that they can, I think that they can stop, you know, Foles and, 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 Outside of Robinson, I mean, I really don't see much of an offensive threat. And and, and then, you yes, you and everybody else, buddy. You and everybody else. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see, right? But but that's what I'm thinking. Twenty-seven, seventeen, Vikings. Man, you really think that the Vikings are going to put twenty-seven up on the Bears defense? Maybe it's the purple-colored goggles that I'm wearing. But uh... <laughs> all right, buddy. All right, twenty-seven, seventeen, Vikes. All right, Kevin. What about you? How do you see this game playing out? And what's your final score prediction? I think, and we've we've mentioned it before. I, I I really think it's actually the Vikings games to lose here because they got the momentum. They they you know believe it or not, right? As we would have talked about this weeks ago, we would thought the Bears would have come in here and uh, you know smacked us around. But I think it's the Vikings game to lose because the the Bears are down on their luck. They're they're only they only have really one focal point for their offense where we have you know. Uh, not Diggs, um, Thielen and Jefferson and Dalvin, right? We have lots of points we can kind of focus on. It's really going to be, can the defense have the Vikings make uh, more mistakes and put the Bears offense in a position where they can actually score, where they can have a short field, um, where they can, you know, capitalize on our, our misfortune. Um, so I, I am saying it'll probably be, uh, a lower scoring game. I still think there'll be some highlights, um, but I'm going to go uh, 17 Vikes, 14 Bears. Man, Kevin, that is fascinating. So if you look right here on my prediction, I have the Bears winning this one 17 to 13 over the Vikings. Wow. Uh, I think that uh, that finally the Bears defense uh, wins a game uh, for uh, the, the, the beloved. Unfortunately, the Bears offense can't do anything and definitely won't do anything against the Vikings, but I do think they get a turn, turnover in this one. Uh, gentlemen, I got to say this. This was uh, a fantastic conversation. I appreciate it greatly. Bears fans out there, uh, um, we'll really like to hear from you guys again. Uh, so when we play again, uh, coming up uh, later on in the season, if you guys would be willing to come back, I would love, love to sit and talk some bears with you, especially after we see how this game goes and seeing what happens in the next time. Uh, for all of you guys out there listening, this was uh, Ryan Dangle with the Bear Down Report. I want to say thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, bear down, my friends.